Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She's Rochelle Learling. He is David Foster. And we are both entrepreneur, founder, coaches, advisors, and yes, we haven't straightened that part out yet. <laughs> but one thing that we always hear in different forms is, I don't have time to think. And that's usually around a period of frustration when things are going a little sideways and you realize, well, if I had thought this out, maybe this wouldn't be so bad. The analogy that I like to make is it's almost as if you've decided to, you know, fix the electrical outlet upstairs. And once you do that, flames shoot out of the toilet downstairs <laughs> because too many things are interconnected and you haven't thought it through yet. And so today we are talking about, well, why and how you find time to think in your business. Amen. I think it's a really, really good topic to discuss. Not such a, I would say, popular topic, not something that's talked about a lot. Um, but I think it's really, really important to sh shine a light on this and um, make sure that we kind of bust the myths around you know, not having the time and not thinking it's important because there's so much that we can do and, and kind of, um, yeah, unlock while we actually invest in thinking time as an entrepreneur. So I'm really excited about this one. As usual, we'll start with, well, what is time to think? What, mm -hmm. like, what is that all about? And for me, I think that's time spent when you're not responsible for executing certain things. And It should be somewhat unstructured, even unbounded in a way. Hopefully it tends towards the longer term, although you can think about problems that are happening in your day to day. And it's really working on the thought process of the important as opposed to the urgent. Wow, I would have said the exact same thing. <laughs> I have nothing more to add, but I would say more or less that indeed it's allocated time, first of all. It's not just random like I'm standing in the shower and now I have a thought. It's allocated time to think about business challenges or business vision or business strategy um, whilst you have nothing else to do, as in you don't need to fix or execute on anything else. So that's very interesting because you're talking about scheduling the time to think, but we also need to have that ability to collect our thoughts because we can't really control them, right? Ghostbusters proved that. Don't think of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And so it's, it's being prepared, I think, to collect those thoughts, but it's also setting aside the time, as you were describing, to have a, a section in your calendar that's like, this is this is the time that I'm going to think about things that are not execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, obviously we cannot control what we're thinking at what moment, but I think that once we intentionally schedule the time out to say, Hey, this is my weekly moment or monthly moments to think about business challenges. You have a different way of thinking because you could, for instance, um, focus on one question that you want to ask yourself, how can we do this smarter? Um, what about this? And, Just give yourself maybe even an hour or two just to think about that one thing. And obviously your brain will uh, go in different places, but it will help you to focus your ability to, to come up with a solution. So I think, yeah, you're right. Both, both things have its benefit, like the unstructured time and the allocated time. I do think you need both. And I think as long as we're in this definition phase, 
I also want to put in that it is distraction free. Yeah. You are not thinking about your business while Netflix is playing, your spouse is telling a story, any of those things like I, I need, a lot of times I think about people who say, I need to read a book in order to be able to watch a television <laughs> show. That's just, that's just pure distraction. There should be a habit of making some priorities. It's really, really easy to think about the thing that you are good at or is easy to think about or you know, you're avoiding the hard discussions or the hard decisions. But if you prioritize, then your strategy is going to work out better. Hmm. And I think the last piece for me in terms of the definition is this is not ruminating and overthinking and sort of like feeding into a sense of perfectionism, which I see a lot in founders and entrepreneurs. What is the absolute best? That's just a death sentence a lot of times. Yes, disorganized action is often very chaotic and unhelpful, but you should have a bias towards action, especially when growing and creating a company. And that's, that's where I think the definition for, for my purposes lies. And if you can apply that to your calendar, yeah. uh, you've, got, you've got a little bit of an advantage, I think. Thanks for this addition. I, I would say this is really, really true that, yeah, obviously it's, it's easy to think about things within the comfort zone or things that just inspire you and are fun to think about. Um, but this is crucial time. Um, in where in which you don't have or in which you create the headspace to think about things that are so hard for you to solve in the day-to-day while everything else is happening at once so that you can solve it so yes it's you know like let's say visioning and uh, brainstorming about the future of the business would be something different this would be like the hardcore thinking um, about things that are not so easy to solve so it's it's almost like puzzle time but then for the entrepreneur. And as you said as well, um, the bias towards action, the thinking should not be done just for the sake of having time to not work and do things and execute, but rather to come up with something that you usually wouldn't come up with on the day-to-day so that you can take action on things um, with a different approach, with an alternative view, with uh, a new insight, new angle, because you finally have the headspace to go deeper on this and see it from different sides. You describing doing the hard work or the having the hard thoughts, that's number one on my list as why thinking time is often neglected, why it's not a part of what everybody does, and that is because it's hard. It's really difficult, and you need to be able to routinely handle those difficult things and come up with a plan of action, even if it's not the best plan in the world, in order to make progress. And if we go back to the introduction, you know, I, I, I don't have time to think this has happened to me and, you know, why is this so chaotic? Well, nine times out of 10 in my mind, the answer is because it was really difficult to figure out before this happened. You already knew. You already knew that this was heading in a, in a very difficult direction, if not a bad direction. And it's a lot easier to 
take care of the squeaky wheel or do the thing that is visible to other people than really sitting at your desk or maybe even going for a walk, just staring out the window and say, well, how am I going to sort this out before it becomes a really big problem? Mm, I totally agree. It is neglected because I think you mentioned this also at the start. The urgent work often comes first, whereas we mm-hmm. want to skip or not invest much time into important work. But that's exactly your role as the founder and the owner. Um, and it can also be that people, entrepreneurs in this case, have a feeling of guilt towards their, their team for not being productive in that moment. I literally hear that. People saying like, I do want to do this because I know what it brings me, but my team won't be able to, or they think I am not doing this or that. But it's not about guilt. It's, it's not about, as you say, like heroic and visible action. It's rather the deep, dark stuff that we need to work on in order for us to come out and, and bloom and use that information and that action-oriented plan to actually make a step with the business. When people talk to me about that feeling of whether it's guilt or a feeling that they should be doing something and they should be doing something that the rest of the team can see, my question is usually, well, then in your organization, whose job is it to think about strategy? Yeah. And if it's not yours, fair enough. The other person should be doing that, that job that you gave them or, you know, as part of their being a co-founder or whatever it is. But being able to communicate, and we talk about this all the time, being able to communicate what everybody's job is and how it works together is a big piece. You have to make an effort to explain, this is how I make these decisions that I'm responsible for. It takes time. And, you know, there are a lot of parallels in the rest of business that are like that, whether you're a designer, whether you're a product developer, whether you're trying to figure out a difficult HR problem, even marketing, like that takes a lot of time just to think. And if you don't have that time, how good are your results going to be? Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. And uh, just use an analogy of this. As you said, like, who else is doing this if nobody is doing this? If we think about a ship and a captain on it, right? We, as the owner, are the captain. We are the one who leads the business forward, uh, makes the decisions, shows the way. But often we find ourselves coming down to the deck and helping the team and staying there all the time. But if we are being part of that day-to-day um, and we don't have the thinking time, who is steering that ship in the right direction? And I think that's exactly what you just said. Like it's, it's part of a job within a team. And I don't think anybody else can do that except for you. Maybe your co-founder if you have one, but it's, it's on you, really. I, 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 see that, I see that a little bit differently because it really depends on what the job is. So in other words, if, we, you know, if as a leader of your business you are in many ways an example, but you're also in many ways the standard that people imitate so that they're getting along with the team and they can keep their jobs, 
if you incorporate thinking time into your job to strategize or be the guiding force, and you make that clear to everyone that you work with, there's a very strong argument that you should also have that expectation and that job description for their job, including that thinking time. So if you have a, I don't know, I'll pick designer again. If you have a designer, that designer's job is not to basically move pixels eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. There's gonna be time where they have to stare out the window. There's gonna be time where they have to think about things. And if you have a, if you normalize a certain amount of thinking in everybody's job and not just, you know, working the machine and, and making the widget, stamping them out, you're gonna be more successful. Your business is gonna be more successful. Your people are gonna be more successful. And it's more likely that, that those employees are gonna be able to come to you or to their team leader or whoever and say, hey, I've got a better idea. I think I have a better idea of how this could work. Can we talk about this? That's not gonna happen if they don't have time to think. Interesting, yeah, and that's a really good point because I was only thinking from the business owner's perspective of having strategic mm -hmm. thinking time. But yeah, you're right that every employee would ideally have that time too. And maybe it wouldn't be as as much as a big thing, as in it doesn't have to be scheduled like full day every month, but rather in between the executional work, as you said, like making sure they actually do the right stuff by, by having the time to, to really make the right decisions in their job. Um, yeah, and I think um, promoting that or encouraging that is, is going to be definitely very, very productive for the whole team. Oftentimes... I hear, you know, my employee, my chief financial officer, my whatever did this. And how do I deal with this thing going badly? How do I go and say this isn't right? How do I make sure this doesn't happen again? And one of my first questions is always, well, did you give them time to think about it? Is that an expectation of the job? Yeah. Is it one of their expectations of the job? And 99 times out of 100, the answer comes back like, no, we're too busy. And that goes back to one of my assistants always had this phrase. He always said, there's never time to do it right, but there's always time to do it again. Maybe you wouldn't be so busy if everybody thought just a little bit. I'm not talking about wandering meditations for six hours a day. I'm just talking about enough time to give people time to think about what they're doing and how it impacts their life, their job, their coworkers, and the collective goals of the business. Very, very interesting. And I guess we can go deeper on that topic and say then if people are all too busy to think about what we're doing, then you probably don't have your, your team structures right. The responsibility is not well planned. Um, there's too much pressure on the team. Uh, and having too much pressure can also cause problems with or without thinking time. Very fair point. One way to reinforce that and something that, you know, I like people to think about is that if you take a lot of pressure off this idea of tangible results, I worked at my desk and I got 
you know, these three reports done or something like that. Well, how good are they? Did you have time to think about the implications of them? Did you have time to knit together what those three reports are doing? And one analogy I like to use is that packing your, your bag for the gym, if you're going to go first thing in the morning, packing your bag for the gym the night before, you know, that really doesn't have anything to do with fitness. You're not going to get a higher VO2 max or a better back squat by packing, by putting some clothes in a gym bag. However, if you do do that, if you use that packing of a gym bag as a analogy for thinking, well, that makes going to the gym easier. That makes finding out, well, I don't have the clothes or the protein powder or whatever the hell you're going to bring with you to the gym and you have time to rectify that situation, that makes the next morning more efficient. You've, you've stopped some problems from potentially hap- happening. The exact same thing with thinking. Mm. If you give somebody uh, something to do, and I know we're gonna talk about delegation mm-hmm. soon, but if somebody's got something to do, make sure they have time to think about mm. it and make sure you've thought about it. And again, I'm not talking about cutting your workload down by 75% so you can, you know, sit cross-legged and stare out over the ocean for most of the day. Although that's not a bad idea for some people. I'm just talking about take a pause. Routinely take a pause and think about it. And even though there should be some sort of bias towards action, especially in this fury of the startup world, ask yourself, disorganized, unintelligent action. How helpful is Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, it brings us back to so many other topics that we did in the past. I mean, on on wrong decision-making due to lack of time, headspace, uh, stress going on, a lack of sleep. Thinking is is underrated because it seems like a luxury, like to have extra time to sit yourself down. Whereas it's part of making sure that things are done intentionally. I think that is the word I was looking for, like intentionally um, bringing the work forward in the right way, in a healthy way, in the right direction too. You know, I think a good way to get into this healthy way of thinking is in a way kicking the habit of always working on the urgent and being addicted to that distraction. Look back, let's say, okay, Rochelle and David, you've convinced me I'm going to block out this time on my calendar for thinking. And what the hell do I do then? And I would say if you're possibly addicted to the distraction, that block of thinking time, especially the first few times, think about things that went sideways. Think about your last emergency or an emergency that really cost you. And especially if it has that feeling of, I should have known, or if this were done better, or yeah, I had all the pieces in front of me, but I couldn't really put it together in a way that warned me about what was going to happen. And start to take that apart and even even write it down. Here I go again, talking about writing it down as I point to my notebook. Write it down and try to almost like re-engineer how that could have happened better or less worse. And then take that and apply it to things that are going on today. Do I have some pieces in front of me that 
might turn out that way if we don't change our course, if we don't adapt something, if we don't change something. That's a habit that you can build actually really, really quickly and you get to see, oh, wow, this, oh, I can see how this is, this might turn out. That means this and that means that. And then you're on your way thinking about how to make things at least less worse, if not better. Mm, Very, very interesting. And it's just a matter of being reflective of what happened and how it happened. And that might be some hard work in the beginning to understand what really happened and make that useful for the future. But as you say, it's, it's a habit that becomes something that you, I think, proactively get into, that while you're working, you can already have that second reflective thought in your head of, okay, but if we do this again, then that. Because now you're very aware of what went wrong before. That's, that's very interesting. And in that sense, it is very much linked to weekly reflection um, that I do, that I advise other people to do. To not just look back at the bigger things, but also just to look at what went well this week and what didn't go well and why did it not go well and thus what's the lesson for next week. And it might seem so cheesy and simple and kind of like when I have time, but that makes you so intentional intentional about what to do in the next couple of weeks in your next actions. Mm-hmm. Step out of the, uh, let's call it excitement in a way of like everything happening so fast and oh my God, I don't have time and this just needs to be done and blah, 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 blah. You you hear that all the time. But, you know, there's a saying in NASCAR, slow down to go fast. You're spot on about the intentional piece of making decisions. And you can make that systemic in your organization. When you do a project when you encounter a change, even if you take a very short period of time with your team or teach your team that this is part of their job, to sit down and and take a look at what's happened and how it could go better. Yeah, you could call it an after-action report or you could call it a wrap-up or you could call it you call it whatever you want. But if you make that habit of people looking at what they've done They can't help themselves but draw parallels between what's happening now and what happened then, and maybe we can make some change. Mm -hmm. And that, dare I say it, fosters thinking. (laughs) And it fosters that habit of thinking, which is what you're talking about, like that weekly reflection. And in some ways, the weekly reflection almost is like the priming the pump Mm. in a way. Yeah, it is. Just to give an example, like I did this process with a client who didn't have that thinking time at all. And um, long story short, we dared him to go uh, off for a full day, off, quote unquote, and uh, not be at the office, take his time out to be in nature and go to the spa. And he didn't know what he was going to do, but he said, I'll just take a notebook and a pen and we'll see. And he said he just made some very, very, very strong strategic decisions in those couple of hours without even thinking about being able to do so. But just because of that space that was created and almost those limits of, but you don't have to check your phone. Nobody wants to talk to you right now. Nobody knows where you are. Gave so much freedom to actually do something new and and come up with something that can be, it wasn't accelerated until the time was made for it. And I think 
again, that thinking time is, is mandatory to make sure things go in the right direction and stay in that right course. But I don't think we ever uh, prioritize important work enough. And important work also includes thinking, which is, doesn't feel like work, but I think it's one of the hardest things. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And it's hard for a couple of reasons. And maybe this is part of our wrap up. It's hard because, well, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. Figuring out those things is hard compared to, I got to do this. I need to look at that. You know, somebody needs me. Uh, you know, you're in the spotlight. It's hard to leave your phone in the office or at home and go for a walk for an hour because you don't have that kind of like societal feedback that makes you feel valuable. And I think that you're also really pointing out the horrible nature of distractions. And this is kind of like 20 years ago when you had to fly around. Well, you were in grade school, but 20 years ago when I had to fly around, there was no internet on planes. Mm. There was no movie in the seat back in front of you. It was, in a lot of ways, almost like a forced retreat. And I would bring a notebook with me, and a lot of people that I saw who were working did the same thing. And you just have this flood of ideas come through because you're not in that sort of like chaotic yeah. mess that demands your attention all the time. And it's, it's, it's something that we have to deal with in this modern society where, as you say, everything is... Uh, attractive or there's lights pinging and notifications coming in and, and that's fun. But it doesn't bring us further when we have to do some deep work. And it's funny that you bring up flights because I was actually going to say for part of the wrap up that one of the best moments where thinking just comes to you and, and the right answers come to you are during commutes and flights. And yeah, I think it's more tempting to go for a movie these days, but I think still it's one of the best places. Just staring out the window, um, having a notebook on you, almost instructionless. Right. And I think part of our wrap up here, I also want to emphasize that idea of making it a part of everyone's job and not standard. There are some jobs that need more, let's call it creative time or thinking time than others. But being able to do that and being able to give that to people It'll actually make the work better. It'll make people less frustrated. And your, your business will be more stable in a lot of ways because things have been thought through. And more grounded, I would say. Yep, definitely grounded. What else would you add to our little wrap-up here? Yeah, as you said, pointing out about everybody or most people having this thinking time uh, within the business, I think that's very original and very, very very valuable. Um, for the founder and the entrepreneur, I would say, apart from having a weekly review, very simple, what did I do, what went well, what didn't go well, I would also add like a monthly like CEO day or half day. Um, and that would be the best moment just to kind of like clear the schedule, sit yourself down, go to wherever you find yourself being most creative, like the beach or nature or whatever, um, to have that thinking time being part of your working month or working week in that sense. Because again, I think it's so easy just to kind of neglect this and see whenever it comes up, we need to have the thinking time, but it should be a habit, as you said, to build. And um, yeah, to have this being part of how you strategize. 
It's a big part of building a business. And it's often, as you said, a neglected part. Mm-hmm. I think we're around the bend on this yeah. one. I think we've given some people, given people some really good ideas here. Thank you very much for listening. We are here with questions and ideas for further episodes. We get a lot of ideas from you. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Talk later. Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experience, guidance, and support, contact David on davidafoster.com. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com. You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.